Heavenly Father, you have loved us with an everlasting love, but we have gone our own way and rejected your will for our lives. We are sorry for our sins and turn away from them. For the sake of your Son who died for us, forgive us, cleanse us and change us. Soften our hearts by your Spirit to receive your word today and enable us to live for you and to please you in every way through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favour from the Lord. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. A man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. My son, pay attention to what I say. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. My son, if you accept my words, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Uh, well, how are you going, friends, at becoming wiser in 2019? That's what we're looking at over the last few weeks. We've uh, started off with the big picture, as Steve's mentioned, 
um, th uh, of the big picture of Proverbs, which says that where you start and living a wise life, living kind of in, in line with the grain of the universe, we'll get that, that in a moment, uh, is living in the fear of the Lord. The fear of this, uh, having that trusting, humble respect and awe, but also love of God. That's the kind of foundation for your life if you're going to live a wise life. How are you going at that? Last week we looked at words, how we use our words. Such an important topic. I was reminded of how far I've got to go, even just that day after, in, uh, afterwards thinking, ah, oh, you know, I just, I just answered without listening. <laughs> That's folly and shame. <laughs> so, you know, we've all, we're all works in progress. By God's grace, he's helping us to grow wiser. And that's part of what gathering together together, uh, week by week, under his word, does in us. Um, we're starting the year looking at this wisdom for life, as Steve's mentioned. Uh, we've been using this image of a wood carving to get a sense for what Proverbs is all about. If you have been here, that'll be familiar. If, you, if you've missed it, uh, really just a helpful image to get a, a sense for what Proverbs is about. So we can have that uh, first slide up there. A, a piece of wood um, has a grain to it. Uh, those woodworkers out there will know more about this than me, but a way that the fibres kind of line up, and uh, it's just this hard reality, okay? Um, you can't wish away the grain of the wood if you're trying to create something out of it, uh, or if you're just trying to you know, split it with an axe or something. You need to. You, it's just the way the wood is. If you're going to carve something good and beautiful out of a chunk of wood, uh, you don't cut against the grain. That just makes a mess of things. That's the next picture up there, which will be familiar. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, uh, you've got to learn to go. You've got to learn where the grain lies and how to go with it and not against it. Well, wisdom in Proverbs is kind of like that. Um, your life has a, a grain to it, a way that it's been put together. Uh, the universe has a grain to it, and carving something good. And beautiful and true in you out of your life means learning where the grain lies, learning and committing yourself to line your life up with that reality. That's what Proverbs is all about. Showing us what that grain how the world has been made, so that if we line ourselves up with it, we can create something beautiful. Uh, last week, as I said, we looked at our words. This week we're looking at Proverbs wisdom for families. So the next picture up there, how can we sort of carve wise families? Um, uh, families are a difficult thing to talk about, aren't they? They can be quite a difficult thing. Uh, there's a difficulty for us at a social level, right? Um, unless you kind of don't have any contact with the, with the media or anything, you'll be, have some sense of this. As a society, we've largely moved away from the idea that there is a grain at all when it comes to family. Um, that there's a created reality that just exists and is given to us and that to line ourselves up with, um, uh, that's in our culture increasingly just uh, not part of the picture. Um, uh, instead, there's just simply your own personal desires and whatever direction they lead you in. <laughs> which is just completely fine. So friends, if you're going to receive God's word about family today, in his word, if you're going to receive God's word about family, you're going to find yourself, in, I don't think it means that it takes much of being a prophet to say this, uh, you're going to find yourself pretty massively out of step with large sections of our culture. 
if you're going to receive this word about family. It's difficult to talk about. It's difficult on a big social level. It's difficult on a personal level, though, isn't it? There's a different sort of difficulty that all of us will face when we think about family. All of us carry scars and regrets and hurts and guilt in this area, and sometimes they can be very deep uh, and very uncomfortable to talk about. Well, wherever you're at, can I encourage you with two things? Firstly, we finished off last week thinking about words, hearing how Jesus is full of both grace and truth. And that is a really good starting point for us thinking about family, actually, that Jesus is full of both grace and truth. Um, No matter what your past, no matter what pain you carry, no matter what mess you've made, God's grace covers it. God's grace covers it. Jesus brings freedom. Jesus brings forgiveness. Jesus brings a fresh start. No matter what your history. Uh, And his church, our church here, isn't a place for perfect families who've got it all together perfectly. They don't exist. (laughs) Uh, It's a community of people who know that they can't do life on their own, who haven't got it all together, but who come to him for grace. Jesus is full of both grace, but he's also full of truth. Uh, His community is one who comes to him for grace. It's also one who comes to him for truth, for wisdom, for his word to guide us and to teach us about this grain of the universe, Um, to teach us so that we can walk together into the future, not being defined by our past, but we can walk together into the future seeking his wisdom seeking to line our lives up with how he's made the world. So it's my first encouragement. It's a long one, but my, I've got another one before we go in. My second encouragement, especially for you, if um, this is just a really difficult topic um, on whatever level, uh, I just want to encourage you to stick in there till the end of the sermon. That can get be hard going at certain times. Uh, but what we're going to see as we come full circle at the end is that while our earthly families are good, they're not ultimate, and they point us to a far greater reality that every single person here can get in on, no matter what is going on in your earthly families. They point us to the good news of the gospel, and that's good news for all of us. So hang in there. Um, But what what Proverbs says about family... um, before we get to the actual kind of Proverbs, what Proverbs says about family fits in the whole story of the Bible. Um, and the story of the Bible, uh, wh- wh- what you find there, and uh, the passage that Steve read out for us at the start there, what you find there is that family isn't just something that gets, is made up by people. It's not just a, a construct by our culture. Uh, it, it is something that is given to us by God as a basic building block of society. Um, it's woven into the fabric of creation. It's built into the grain of the universe. And at the heart of this, the, uh, at its heart, the kind of stable core of this God-given family is a husband and a wife committed to each other for life in marriage uh, and any children that they subsequently might have. That's what uh, you get in those early chapters of Genesis. Genesis 2, the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. It sets this pattern that just carries through the whole Bible story, and Proverbs just assumes it. This grain, this basic reality of family life. Um, what we're going to do as we look through Proverbs is hear how it addresses a, a bunch of different, uh, a, few, a number of different kind of relationships that we exist in in our families. And a few different angles. Uh, we're going to uh, hear what it says to us about marriage. We're going to hear what it says to us about being parents. Hear what it says to us about being children. Um, not all of us will fit into all of these. But it is good for all of us to hear all of these, to hear from God about what this grain is, what his wisdom is, not just for ourselves, but for his world, for all of us. And what you find as you open up Proverbs is uh, a clear kind of carrying on of what's set up in, right at the start of the Bible in Genesis, that marriage is a good gift from God. Proverbs 18.22, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favour from the Lord. Uh, it's just really important to remember this, uh, that if you are married, your spouse is God's gift to you. It's a very different way of thinking than thinking that you're God's gift to your spouse. You know, uh, <laughs> One's helpful, one isn't. Your spouse is God's gift. Which means that your spouse is not your spouse is not your possession um, to be manipulated or controlled or dominated. Um, either way, they are a precious gift from God to be received and treasured with thankfulness. Marriage is a good gift from God, but at the same time, Proverbs is completely realistic about the dangers of marriage. Uh, and how it can become a, a really difficult environment. Marriage is no cure-all um, for the problems of life, and there is just as much opportunity for sin and pain within marriage as without. It's possible to have it all. This next proverb we'll read. It's possible to have it all. Uh, wealth, the house, the car... Um, and what well, that, that's not in the proverb, obviously, but um, kind of painting the picture, uh, and a feast spread on the table. You know, you kind of have this picture of the, the perfect family with a feast spread on the table. It's possible to have it all and yet be miserable um, because hatred has crept into your marriage. Better a small serving of veggies <laughs> with love than a fattened calf. That's like the, the great feast. <laughs> Then a fattened calf with hatred. Uh, but Proverbs goes even deeper. There's, there's, there's lots of other Proverbs about this kind of way in which our, um, those marriages can, this kind of dysfunction and hurt can really creep in. There's lots of others. But Proverbs goes really deeper into this. Um, and it concentrates, um, in one section especially, it, it really concentrates on the folly of adultery. The folly of adultery. You just read through chapters 5 to 9, and this is the kind of recurring picture, image that's used, uh, theme of that, those chapters. The whole, book is, uh, the whole book is framed, we looked at this at the start, the whole book is framed as a father's instruction to his son, 
and, and which, which gives a particular kind of edginess to young men as they hear it. But it doesn't mean that it's only for young men. Um, there's wisdom here for all of us. Um, and uh, particularly in those chapters, but all through Proverbs, uh, there is this clear, clear call that adultery is foolish. Yeah. And it's really interesting that it frames it like that, as foolishness. It's, adultery is not just wrong. Uh, it, it is wrong. The Bible's clear about that. Um, God's good gift of sex belongs in the exclusive relationship of marriage. And anything outside of that is against God's law. There's, a, there's, a, there's an objective um, wrongness about that. But Proverbs, what Proverbs does for us is to show us that that's just not, not, it's not some kind of abstract law, some arbitrary law that God makes up to keep us unhappy. You know? um, uh, we know that it would be really good for us to break it, but we just suck it up and miss out on the fun. Now that's not that's not what's going. Proverbs shows us that adultery is not just wrong; it's foolish, it's deadly. It promises life, but it gives only death. It promises fun, but it gives slavery. Uh, Six verse thirty-two: A man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Now this whole section gets much more explicit than that, but we've got kids in school holidays, so I'm keeping it PG. Um, uh, there's this powerful image used in chapter 6 really powerful image uh, in chapter 6 not on the screen um, but verse 27 says this can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched and what you're supposed to say is no, <laughs> of course, no and that's what adultery is like uh, you're, you're playing with fire and it'll burn you not just you, but everyone around you. Uh, it is foolishness, no matter how attractive it seems, friends. Um, but what is the alternative? Does, does Proverbs, is Proverbs just a no? Well, no, actually. The, the no of Proverbs is actually in the context of a much greater, more wonderful yes. Um, Proverbs paints a stunningly beautiful alternative picture. Uh, in contrast to the bitterness of a toxic relationship, uh, in contrast to the unfaithfulness of adultery, wise marriages, marriages that see each other as good gifts from God, are filled with a kind of holy joy and love and intimacy. Verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 18. May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the, wives, in the wife of your youth. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Again, you can kind of keep reading around chapter 5 for the non-PG rated, rated version. Uh, but God is clear that marriage as he designed it isn't meant to be dry duty. It's meant to be two souls deeply in love. A love that's physical as well as emotional and that is founded on covenant promises to each other. But there's something else that energizes everything that we've talked about. There's something, there's something that energizes it all. Uh, something that we've already heard in Proverbs. Uh, wisdom starts, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. 
Wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord in general. It starts with the fear of the Lord in our marriages. Um, in uh, Wise marriages are founded on this humble, trusting fear of God. You get this vividly in the last chapter of Proverbs, this beautiful poem about the wise woman who kind of sums up everything in the whole book of Proverbs. Uh, she's a, a picture of uh, everything in Proverbs um, put into a person. Uh, and there's these uh, uh, verses in chapter 31 that describe this woman like this. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women, women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Good encouragement for men to use your words and praise your wife. But listen to this. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Um, this fear of the Lord is the thread that goes all the way through Proverbs. That's um, just so helpful for us, those of, those of you who are married. Um, each partner in a marriage relationship, each first of our first relationship is actually towards God. Wise marriages respect that, honour that, encourage that, give space for that. You don't own your spouse. They don't relate to God through you. Their primary relationship is with God. Um, and it's one of the unexpected rules of wise marriages, I think, that your relationship will function best when you don't put each other first. Um, putting each other first in this way is actually idolatry. It's making an idol out of your spouse. Uh, it, it, it means you'll bring far too much expectation into your relationship. You'll seek to get from your spouse what only God can give you. And that's, your, your spouse will not be able to bear that burden. Only God can do that. And you will love your spouse far better when you love and fear God first. Because it'll mean you'll stop just demanding your spouse give you what only God can. Uh, it will free you up to simply love your spouse. Not because you're expecting something in return, but because you know the security of God's holy love for you through the gospel. So much more to say there, um, but helpful wisdom from God's word for our marriages. Okay, how are we going? Uh, it's pretty, there's, it's good for us to hear, but hard at times. Let's keep going. Proverbs has to, a lot to say about parents, uh, two parents. Uh, and, and, the first thing, uh, uh, and the first thing is, uh, we're going to look at, uh, wise parenting is a shared job between a husband and a wife, between mother and father. That's not always possible, um, but what Proverbs says is this, is this is the grain, the way God designed this to happen. Proverbs 1, 8-9, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Um, it's really easy in families for one parent to kind of take the hands off the wheel in terms of the kids. That's not the picture you get in Proverbs. The picture you get is of both parents taking seriously their God-given responsibility to raise and train their kids. Uh, working together, each bringing their own unique contribution to it. And they do that 
They do that big, for many reasons, but one reason they do that is because they know the huge impact that they can have on this precious little soul that they've been entrusted with. That's what you get. 22 verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. We saw in the first week how Proverbs gives general patterns more than ironclad promises. Um, so there's always there are exceptions to all of these things. But in general, um, it's the patterns and habits and thoughts that are ingrained in us when we're kids that carry us through our lives, uh, both negatively but also positively. Um, wise parents know their responsibility and the, the, the awesome um, privilege it is to start these little people off on the way they should go. Uh, but they also, another kind of significant strand through Proverbs is that wise parenting involves discipline and training. You get that in this, it's a fairly famous proverb, 13.24, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now it's really important to see what this isn't saying. Uh, I want to make that <laughs> this really clear. This is not a justification for violent anger. Uh, we saw last week, constantly through the Proverbs, anger and violence is condemned in the strongest terms. The violent, angry person is a fool. If you're an angry person in the home, not if you go through the normal range of emotions, that's not what we're talking about here, but if uncontrolled anger is the normal for you, or Proverbs, God's word would say, that is, that is a fool's way. Repent. Repent. Admit it. Seek forgiveness. Seek help. If you're a victim of that kind of anger, you need to know that verses like this are no justification for that. There's no place for um, punishing children or anyone else in this uncontrolled anger. But there is a place, there is a place, an, a necessary place for thoughtful, careful discipline of children in love. They need it. It is loving to discipline your kids in this way. It is unloving not to. And us parents need to know this. For a short time, God has entrusted these treasures to us. And he gives us a right authority to raise and train them. No one gravitates towards wisdom. Um, we, we, we bend away from it. And we all need, and as parents, our responsibility is to train and discipline our kids towards it. And loving, careful, restrained, but still firm discipline is part of God's job description for you. So don't give up on it. Don't give up on your kids. They need you to do that for them. But there's, that's not all, though. That's not all. <laughs> there is more. Uh, one of the great dangers of the overwhelming <laughs> um, sort of waterfall of parenting books and advice and uh, everything that gets flown, uh, thrown at you as you can, when you become a parent. One of the great dangers of parenting advice is a kind of legalism that can just focus on the externals, on shaping the outside. 
Proverbs knows that there's far more going on than that. Uh, wise parenting, it, it knows the right place for training and discipline, but it's focused at the heart. 420 to 23, my son, pay attention to what I say. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. There's so much here, isn't there? But I have one more thing for parents. One more thing, which is critical. Uh, Just like in marriage, wise parents are both themselves founded on the fear of the Lord. Um, That's what it's like as a parent, just like in marriage. Um, Verse uh, 14, 26. This is such an encouraging verse. "Whoever Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. Our parenting is so confusing. Uh, and many, there are so many voices telling you what to do. <laughs> it can be pretty demoralizing. Uh, but this is a great encouragement, friends. The key thing in your parenting is not actually... It's kind of like in the marriage, actually. The fundamental thing is not primarily first and foremost your relationship with your child it's your relationship with god a wise parent knows that uh, just like marriages can can become idols kids whew, tell you what they, uh, kids can become idols too but the foundation of wise parenting is not a million tips and tricks it is yourself cultivating your own fear of the lord your own relationship with god You will do more for your kids by committing yourself to growing in your relationship with God. Um, By week in, week out, gathering with God's people to hear from his word. By having yourself a heart that longs for him and fears him. If there's one thing you do as a parent, make it that. That will be a refuge for your kids. Wisdom for marriages, wisdom for parents. Not all of us are in that category, but helpful for all of us to know God's wisdom for those. All of us, however, are in this last category. Wisdom for children. Um, Wise children honour and bring joy to their parents. So you get that, uh, 1520, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Um, This is for all of us, actually. God's design for all of us is to honour our parents. Um, That changes as we grow up. Uh, That shifts as we move out of there, out from under their authority and we kind of start our own life. And um, it can be dishonoring as an adult to uh, kind of have a codependent relationship with a parent. That's not actually honoring. Um, Honoring a parent can mean graciously and um, humbly and slowly um, disagreeing. But it will always... (laughs) mean respecting 
and honouring what they say. This is for all of us. Uh, the core of respect and responsibility doesn't. Uh, so there's something here for all of us. Uh, this is uh, actually, yeah, God's wisdom for us all. But I want to talk especially to the kids. I don't want to single you guys out. Um, uh, but kids, who, who, where are the kids? Over there. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Uh, just pay attention for a second. This is the kids' talk, okay? I'm going to say one, two things. Firstly, okay, living God's way is wise. Living God's way will, will be good for you for the rest of your life. God's design is to, for you to honour him. God's design is for you to honour your parents, to respect them, to do what they say, and to love and trust them as they care for you and discipline you and train you up in the way you should go. Um, the second thing I want to say, though, kids and everyone, actually, Second thing I want to say, living God's way is something that as you grow up, uh, it needs to be your decision um, to choose to follow God's way. It needs to be something that you guys, as you grow up and as you eventually leave your parents' house, that's something that you don't just fall into. It's not automatic. It needs to be something that you yourself decide. Uh, Listen to this, uh, 2 verse 1 to 5. This is um, a writer of Proverbs, uh, uh, the king writing to his son. My son, if you accept my words. He goes on, there's more in there, but then he goes on. If you accept my words, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, see what's going on there? Um, Going on in God's wisdom is not something that can be forced on anyone. Um, You can't be manipulated into it. (laughs) Uh, You can't be kind of um, arm-twisted into it. Going on as one of God's people is something that each and every one of us needs to come to a moment of accepting, accepting God's wisdom for our life. And that will bring you into the fear and knowledge of God. The most important thing in your life is knowing and trusting God. Well, all of that leads to the last point, friends. There's so much in here. I kind of feel like I'm skating over so many big things. Uh, And again, conscious that um, lots of these things go right to our heart, right? Um, So much in here, but it leads to the last point I want to finish on, which is just critical to frame everything else Uh, family is important it's important not because it's ultimate it's important because it points us to what it is really ultimate Uh, it points us to towards the ultimate family we know god the father through his son by his spirit and whatever your history, whatever your experiences of family, whatever your disappointments and hurts and guilt, and that's all of us, because none of, it, none of us are from perfect families, no family is perfect, whatever that might be, 
Jesus makes it possible for you to know a father who will never, ever disappoint you. Uh, Jesus is the older brother who is always there, who will never fail you, who will never forsake you, and belonging to his family is the ultimate. And that is available to you. It's available to you today. If you will come to him humbly, hold out your hands and receive his forgiveness and mercy and live with him as your king, you can today enter into the ultimate family. Those of us, though, who are already a part of that family, this is the security that you need to commit yourself from today onwards, whatever's happened in the past, to commit yourself from today onwards to pursuing wisdom in your family relationships, whatever they are, based on the unshakable love of God for you, bringing you into his family. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You're looking for the ultimate family? Here it is. Let's pray. Oh God, we, can, we confess as we think about this topic that is just at the heart of so much of our lives. We confess not only our own confusion, but our own failings, our own hurts. We thank you that through Jesus we have both freedom and forgiveness. Um, please bring healing and freedom to those who need it. Please bring repentance and humility and forgiveness to those who need it. Lord, help us to fear you as husbands and wives, um, as parents, as children. Help us, Lord, all of us, to, to fear you in our lives, to have you as our number one. And out of our relationship with you, to relate wisely, to live wisely with each other. And we pray that for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.